Hi, you're listening to Book Chat with author Vivian E. Moore. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Welcome to Book Chat. I am your host, Arthur Vivian Moore. Hope everyone had a great week, and I hope you're having a great weekend. Um, our prayers do go out for those uh, folks down in Florida um, who have endured this uh, hurricane, um, just so devastating down there. So we do uh, lift those individuals up in our prayers. All right, so today I have a special guest, and before I introduce her, I would like to uh, give a short bio uh, about our guest for today's show. All right, you guys ready? All right, here we go. Uh, Felice Cohen, known nationally and internationally as the woman who lived in one of the world's smallest apartments, is a speaker, Holocaust educator, and author of the new book, Half In, a coming-of-age memoir of forbidden love. Felice's previous book, 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet or More, uh, is the recipient of numerous self-help book awards, uh, was inspired by the YouTube video of her 90-square-foot New York City studio that went viral with over 25 million views. Uh, Felice has been featured on Good Morning America, uh, NBC, CBS, NPR, Tune Globe and Mail, I'm sorry, Time Globe and Mail, uh, New York Daily News, The Daily Mail, and more. What enabled Felice to live large in that tiny studio is that she has been a professional organizer uh, for over 25 years. As the grandchild of two Holocaust survivors, uh, Felice also the author of What Papa Told Me, a memoir about her grandfather's life before, during, and after the war. Ellie, Eli, I'm sorry, Weisel has endorsed the book, and Yad Vashem in Israel is taught in schools uh, across the country, translated into Polish, and sold over 35,000 copies worldwide. Felice splits her time between New York City and Cape Cod. And uh, I just want everyone to welcome Felice Cohen to our show today. Welcome, Felice. Thank you, Vivian. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. I do appreciate it so very much. And uh, congratulations on all your success uh, along with your new book, Half In. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, I vaguely remember uh, reading an article about the uh, the 90 square foot apartment. Uh, <laughs> I'm claustrophobic, so <laughs> that wouldn't work yeah. for me, but how was that for you? Um, well, the first night I did have a panic attack up in the bed. There were only 23 <laughs> inches between the mattress and the top of the ceiling. But after that, uh, it you know, I reminded myself of why I moved into that tiny space and it was so I could quit my job and finish writing my first book about my grandfather. And I just remembered the hell he endured for so long and so many camps. And I thought, this is paradise. And uh, <laughs> compared to that, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I get, I, it was more than worth it to do that. If you could make that, you know, if he made the sacrifice, which that was an ultimate sacrifice, then you could definitely do the same thing. And then, you know, to get something great out of it. So um, I guess it was worth it. But, you know, before we discuss your book, Hathian, um, let's talk about uh, your experience as a Holocaust educator. Um, you just, you know, shared with us that you have a personal history. Your grandfather uh, was a survivor. And so, uh, you know, we know that all legacies aren't good and, and, you know, they may not be something that we want to discuss because they can be hurtful or embarrassing, you know, the atrocities of the Holocaust and slavery, et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's the history of my ancestors. And, you know, if I can help it, uh, never again uh, in ways that, um, you know, uh, I hope that no one ever will have to experience that again, uh, along with the Holocaust. And, uh, and, you know, but um, in a way, you know, it's changed my view of the world, not negatively, but in a positive way uh, to make me want to influence uh, my family and, and myself. But what I want to know is how has this, uh, the fact that your grandparent uh, was a survivor of the Holocaust shaped your perception of humanity? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a chock full question. Um, you know, my, both my mom's parents were survivors, so my grandmother was a survivor as well, and I didn't really know their stories until um, after college. And you know, you see these atrocities still happening today. Mm-hmm. What's going on um, all over the world? And you know, it it just breaks your heart that yes. people can just be so cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned slavery, the way, you know, we came here to this country and what we did to Native Americans. And mm-hmm. it's horrible that people, you know, you know, you look on one end and then I look on the other end and we're watching, like you mentioned, Florida. Mm-hmm. And you see, you see people ready and willing to help out as soon as tragedy or catastrophe yes. happens. And I think, you know, with all the bad people, I think there are just as many, I hope there are just as many good people who want to help, who want to um, be there for their brothers and sisters in our humanity. I mean, if not, you know, what are we all doing here? Exactly, exactly. And you, you know, as you mentioned, we do see the best uh, come out in people in times of tragedy, but then we wonder, why can't it be like that every day? But, uh, you know, I guess it takes something drastic to, um, you know, to draw that human emotion from people uh, because, you know, life can be so cruel at times. And and then, you know, as you said, people as well, you know, we've both we've both experienced that, I'm sure, as well as our forefathers. So um, but, you know, just like I want to um, make those past experiences uh, you know, not reflect on it in a negative way, but in a positive way to help make change, you know, make better changes in the world. And I'm sure you do too. Um, and that is what inspired you to, to write about your, um, your grandparents' experience uh, as being survivors of the Holocaust, because we know that that was just, uh, and, you know, it is not only a part of history, but, um, you know, as you mentioned, atrocities of, of, of that nature, um, it's still happening. You know, every time we look at the news, we, we see things happening, you know, in foreign countries and, and, you know, just like the Holocaust is sometimes it's hard to believe that that happened. But then when you see the news, you know, it makes you think, well, you know, it, it, it really happened. That really happened. Um, you know, you mentioned in your bio, Yad Vashem, and I hope that I'm pronouncing that the right way. Yad Vashem. 
Yad Vashem. Okay. So what exactly does that mean in English and what is it culturally? So Yad Vashem is a place in Jerusalem and it is, uh, there, there are locations also in New York City, but it is, um, it's like a museum okay. and it became okay. the, um, I should know what Yad means. I think I want to say hand, but I, I'm probably wrong. Um, but it, it's, it's where they've kind of compiled most of the data of survivors mm-hmm. and they kind of, when people like, I remember going there in Israel and looking for, um, my grandfather's one brother. We never found him, but it was, you know, it wasn't like today where, you know, we've text and we had mm-hmm. Facebook and everything, you know, how did you, you know, families, large families were split up. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knew who survived, who didn't. And, um, you know, they were, that was kind of the, the one place where they started to collect this information there. And they're also a resource around the world for education, um, for books. And it's also a museum. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful place and they've got even a tribute one of the toughest things to see is a tribute they have to all the children who were murdered but so they were a a big supporter of my book and Mm -hmm. and I speak at an annual Yad Vashem event every year in New York City where we educate New York City teachers oh okay well that is so um, inspiring and and as well as helpful and um, you know it, it 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 gives hope um, and then, too, it helps the younger individuals who, um, you know, who really don't realize, uh, you know, what the forefathers went through, that experience that they went through. It helps them to see that, you know, in that museum to to know and to remember that this happened and, um, you know, and it should inspire them to, to want to do more um, to make sure that things like that never happen again. Now that uh, that we've uh, discussed that hard topic of the Holocaust, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's dive into your uh, to, to your newest your newest book, Hack yeah. In. Um, let's talk about that. And um, sure. well, I do want to say one thing about about the What Papa Told Me book. As tough as it can be to read my grandfather's story, mm-hmm. it does leave you with a message of hope. Yes. Because you know, he persevered and he survived that whole time. And um, he always had a positive outlook. And, you know, and it all it always makes you wonder um, when people go through things that um, that are so just devastating. How can you gain anything positive from that? But, you know, through life, you find a way, you know, life always yeah. finds a way. So, um, you know, he was left to tell that story and. um and, and, you know, and, and, and gain something, you know, some positive insight from having experienced that to pass on to, um, you know, to the next generation and on and on and on. Um, yeah. And so, um, so I'm glad that, that you were able uh, to, um, to interview him and to have him speak to you, um, you know, about his life uh, being in those prison camps, because that to me is, um, you know, that's a part of history that, that should not, that should not uh, ever die and thankful that it did not die with him, but he was able to tell you about it and, uh, and that you were able to, you know, to write and tell his story as well as so many others that went through that horrible experience to tell their stories as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, <laughs> you know, relationships, uh, you know, on any level, they, they take work. We know that. And uh, so let's talk about this memoir of Forbidden Love. And and why did you reference it as forbidden? Well, the book um, is about a re- one of my very first relationships that 
um, I was 23 and it was with another woman and this was the early nineties and, you know, being gay wasn't taboo, but it's not like today, you know, love is love is love. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it was also, um, she was 34 years older than I was. So that was a huge, I'd never seen anybody else like that. And she had a partner, a long-term partner. So it was a secret affair she had been my boss and then she became my boss again. So there were a lot of factors that we couldn't, we couldn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes it juicy. <laughs> <laughs> juicy is good. Well, you know, I am a, uh, a romance writer. And so, um, you know, to me, that's, that, that's just more and more and more, um, um, uh, material for me, you know, to, to help uh, write a story. So, you know, I, I, I love hearing about things like this. But, you know, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a more serious tip, you know, um, the world is, is so filled with, uh, with judgmental individuals who, you know, want to live their lives and, and not be judged. But at the same time, they want to judge others uh, who just want to live, you know. And um, sexuality has been around uh, as long as the world has existed. Um, so why do you think some people find it hard to embrace what they consider uh, abnormal compared to heterosexuals uh, versus the gay lifestyle? You know, I think a lot of it's just based on fear or ignorance. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they, you think, you know, if you're, you know, you go by whatever, religion you go by, or this is how things are supposed to be, or we've always done it that way, or whatever ways people think. I think people are just closed-minded and ignorant. Um, you know, I, I'm glad we're teaching kids. My niece and nephew have been learning about sexuality and gender, mm-hmm. and we never learned about those things. I mean, never. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, yeah, and I don't think it's influencing people to want to be persuaded to those. That doesn't make sense to me how people are fearful of that, because then if that were true, there would be no gay people because you're brought up straight. So exactly. um, I, I don't get it. But, I, you know, it's sad because it's I think it's whether it's sexuality or religion or people just don't like things that are different from them, because I don't think they understand it or I, I mean, I, that's the only reason I can think of, or they're filled with hate or they're upset. Um, and you know, I think that some people who are really outspoken against it probably have their own tendencies. They're afraid to admit. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's what makes them, you know, so adamant against it. Well, you know, and and as you said, I think a lot of it does has have to do, uh, with, uh, religious beliefs, but you know, as humans, you know, we, we get to choose who we love and, you know, and that covers many factors, you know, and, um, and as you said, you know, some people do, they view life on a narrow, you know, spectrum than others. And then there are some that are broad minded and, uh, and willing to view life uh, from all perspectives and that's how it should be. But, um, you know, and, and sometimes I have, um, a hard time, um, coping with, uh, with the way people think, um, and, uh, you know, what's, what's your opinion on that, of how, why people think the way they do? Why are people's minds, you know, so open about some things? You know, um, I grew up in a time to where, like you said, you know, sexuality was something you didn't talk about. You know, that was, it was a very taboo subject. And, uh, you know, when I got to middle school or junior high school, uh, you know, we had, um, we had a form of, quote unquote, sexual, uh, sexual education, 
but it was disguised uh, in um, through uh, uh, home economics and things like that, you know, and it was based mm. on, you know, women being in the kitchen, learning how to cook, iron, wash clothes, whatever, you know, that's what it was right. about. But, um, but, and then the reproductive system and things like that, you know, they told us about those things. But now we live in an age where children are susceptible to a lot of things. And so it is important as parents that we teach uh, our children, um, you know, about these things because they need to know, you know, we have so many, um, you know, sexual predators out there. And if we don't tell our children and educate them about, you know, parts of their bodies, you know, if you're being touched, whatever, you know, and try to open up their minds to, to the fact that yes, you know, you are human and yes, you know, you, you one day, you know, you, you, you will become sexual. So you need to know about these things that will, um, affect your life in some way. Um, what's your opinion on that? I think we should educate our kids for so much for, for everything, because, you know, I think people are afraid if we talk about sex then the kids are going to go out and want it mm-hmm. and do it and all these things. And, and I think, you know, maybe some of them will. Um, but I, I think it's better to be forearmed and forewarned and to be, and to know about your body and, exactly. you know, you know, you tug the whole Mac. I mean, all those things. I remember I hated it. I wanted to go build a lamp. I want, I think we should all be immersed in everything exactly. because right, we were creating these stereotypes mm-hmm. and that's not helping anyone. And, um, you know, I think everybody should know how to change a diaper bake a casserole and fix an outlet or whatever. I don't even know how to fix it. (laughs) Exactly. It shouldn't be assigned to just one gender. You know, you you should know how to do everything across the board, you know, because that's the world that we live in. Yeah. Knowledge is power. And I think you got to know how to do these things. Um, I love it. You do. You definitely do. Um, um, How has this changed your view as a woman who chooses who and how she loves. Well, you know, this is a story I kept secret for three decades. Um, so it was, I was fearful, you know, for years I worked on this book and I put it away and I just was never ready for it to come out. I say it took so long because of the healing process, Mm -hmm. not the writing one. And I don't think this book could have come out five years ago or 10 years ago it had to just come out now that society had caught up with me mm-hmm. and my story and being open about it. And, you know, I, I say that I'm bisexual and, yeah, but one thing I don't like are labels and I've never really liked labels. Um, I think, you know, they, they put you in a box as mm-hmm. broad as your label might be. I think I just, now I just, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm just happy and Why? Having this book out there, our story out there, one we were so fearful of for so long for anybody to know mm-hmm. that I just feel so relieved. And the the feedback and the reviews, I, I'm just stunned. I mean, I, I wrote this book as therapy. Again, I never planned on selling any copies like my grandfather's book. I wrote that as a gift for him mm-hmm. and suddenly it sold around the world. And so if this book can help anyone who's feeling um, afraid of who they are or they have a secret, whether it's about sexuality or, or affair or, or mm-hmm. just your life. I hope it can make you feel better about telling it because I feel just so much lighter now that the story is done and it's out there. Okay. And, and that's important. You know, as you said, you did it, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a gift to, to your family 
you know, not something that you wanted to share, but you know, I feel, and this is just me personally, I feel as though when, um, when things like that are placed on your heart to write about that they're not, that they're not necessarily meant for you, that they are meant for others, uh, because you never know who might need to hear that or read that story, you know, because it could change, it could change their lives as much as it changed yours. So it's probably why it was so, you know, well embraced and accepted because, you know, um, same sex relationships, you know, will always, uh, spark debates. Uh, about the weather, you know, it's right or wrong, uh, which gives people, you know, some idea that they have a right to pass judgment, you know, on others. And, uh, you know, every day in, in the news and on social media, we see how discri- discriminatory uh, practices have shaped the world. And we know that the fight for equality, uh, including women's rights to decide about their bodies and who they love, etc., you know, is a hot topic. Um, you know, growing up in the South and uh, as a woman of color, you know, I know intimately what discrimination feels like. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I understand um, on so many different levels. But do you feel uh, discriminated against about who you choose to love and, and how you choose to live your life? Um, I, you know, the book just came out a week or so ago. And um, and it's. I think for a long time, I was fearful of that. You know, growing up on Cape Cod, I was also fearful of people knowing I was Jewish. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I was, you know, there weren't that many Jewish people on the Cape and the Holocaust, and I was fearful it would happen again. And as soon as my grandfather's book came out and I was talking about it around the country, all that fear kind of went away. And I was really proud of my Judaism, my heritage, my grandfather's perseverance or survival. And I feel like that is how I feel now. I just feel empowered about who I choose to love. I, I went out to dinner last night with childhood friends that we've known since we were seven and I haven't seen them. And I just, for the first time, just felt comfortable about how I, who I choose to love, whether it's with another man or a woman. It's, I don't, I don't care what you think anymore. I think that's the empowering part for me. Like, not that I don't care what you think, but I only really care what I think. And I just want to do what makes me happy. And, you know, and, and that's how life should be lived. Be happy, you know, doing whatever it is that you do. You know, be happy doing it because, you know, life is, is very short, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, we only have, you know, an X amount of time before it's over. So if you live it, you know, living in fear or you know, having regrets and things of that nature, then basically you've wasted your life doing that instead of just living it and enjoying it, you know, no matter what. Um, so um, uh, the memoir mentions that uh, your relationship with your boss was exposed and leaving you in a compromising position without giving too much away since the book just came out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, can you explain why you chose uh, to uh, walk away from a relationship that you had obviously vested time and your heart into? Well, I don't think I ever really walked away. Um, you know, I, when when we got caught, um, I ended up, it was like the wake-up call I needed. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided to go to New York where I had originally planned to go before I was kind of detoured into this relationship. Um, and I was still connected to, to this woman, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And Um, I started dating someone new. I was still connected to Sarah. So I called the book half in because in all the subsequent relationships I was in, I was only ever half in because I was 
still connected to Sarah. And and 10 years after our affair began, she died. Oh. And even after she died, I was still connected to her. And the writing was so helpful as therapy and getting over it, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't until I said I could put the book out there and 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 stop harboring our secret mm-hmm. that I think I would be able to finally be free of that. I was still protecting us, and mm-hmm. that's over. Um, and it's out there now. And, and now I kind of, I think that's one of the reasons I feel lighter. I just I'm ready for you know for the first time since I'm 23 I'm single and. Mm-hmm. I'm excited now. I'm like, okay, I wonder who's next. Like, okay, this is good. Um, it is. You know, that, that that's a wonderful outlook on life. You know, it, it's not over. But, you know, and they talk about unrequited love. You know, it, it's like you never really had that closure. But writing the book helped you to um, to deal with that, um, you know, to, to deal with it, um, you know, in, in your own way. And I, and I think that's wonderful that you were able to sit down and, uh, you know, and, and, and write and write your memoir uh, about that, you know, exposing things about you that maybe, you know, everybody didn't know, but still you were brave enough to do that, to sit down, pen it. And, you know, and so and now it's there, you know, for the world to read um, if they desire to. And, and I think that's great. I think that, um, you know, that 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 shows, um, like you said, you know, there's there's power in that. Um, and being assertive in your feelings. I, I think that's so important. Um, you know, as women, sometimes, you know, we, um, we sort of cower and don't want to, um, you know, to, to express ourselves in ways that maybe others won't accept. But it's important that we do express ourselves, you know, for, if, do it for us if we can't do it for um, anyone else because we need to be heard. That's your voice. And, and you are allowed to speak, you know, however soft or, or loud as you want. So, um, you know, I commend you for writing that book, Half In. Um, I, I know you explained to me why you called it Half In. You felt that way. But did you ever think of of, uh, of naming it? I'm going to tell you something that's funny <laughs> that I was doing. <laughs> I had, uh, and I'm glad that, that, um, that I realized what I did. But um, you had it as half in, and I had changed that title to all in. And I don't know why I did that. I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not what the name of her book is. It's half in, not all in. I have changed her title to all in, and I don't know why I did that. Well, that's funny, yeah. <laughs> next but, one I'm hoping to be all in. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying the next one I'll be all in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> premonition okay I helped you out on that one (laughs) (laughs) well you know you you sum the story up um, as uh, navigating uh, life's unpredictable paths but uh, ultimately following your heart and finding acceptance so um, is this is this basically the happy ending to have been I hope so yeah (laughs) Um, yeah I mean I think it was for me to just finally be free and tell my story and you know, the fact that it's just being received so amazingly. I mean, it, it's reached like the number one on eight categories on Amazon. And I'm just, wow. I'm just blown away. I just, you know, I cry sometimes. I think about it. I'm like, I can't believe I've worked on this for so long and it's mm-hmm. done. And, and it's kind of as though Sarah and I are being accepted now. And yeah. uh, I, I yeah. think it's a great feeling when the fruits of your labor is recognized and then applauded. I, I think that's a great feeling across the board. 
and um, and um, you know whether you feel that you deserve it or not. I I think that um, you know that that's a wonderful experience to be able to tell your story and for it to be embraced by others. Because as I said before, you know a, a lot of times you just never know you know how other people feel based on what you see and what you read and hear you know on a daily basis those things may be negative but you always have someone out there who um you know are just on the on the fringes you know just waiting for someone to share their story so they can tell their own story so you know i commend you uh on this book on your journey and i thank you for coming and sharing your experience and your story uh with me and my listeners and I appreciate what you added to today's show and hope to, uh, to chat again with you in the future. Well, it's been my pleasure, and I really appreciate being on and talking with you. So thank you again for having me. You are so welcome. Thank you, Felice. Bye now. Bye-bye. Guys, that was Felice Cohen, author of Half In and also um, author of of, um, uh, let me get back to the title. Oh, What Papa Told Me, a memoir about her grandfather's life story. So I hope you check out that book as well as her new book, Half In. And I forgot to ask her, um, and forgive me for that, for not asking, um, where we can, uh, find her, her books, but I'm pretty sure, well, she did mention Amazon. So that's a good thing. Um, so you can go to Amazon and find her books. And I hope that you enjoy them, reading them, and not only reading them, but sharing them. Uh, you know, and writing those reviews because that is so important. We need to, um, you know, we need to know what you're reading, uh, you know, what you think about the stories, and, uh, you know, and um, and share those experiences with others because, guys, it's just, it is so needful. Um, and, uh, and I just thank Felice so much for being brave and for, um, you know, talking about her relationship. We appreciate that. And we need, the world needs that. The world needs more people to, um, you know, to share their experiences. Um, because, you know, the world would be a better place if we did that. All right. So before I let you go, I want to make sure that I give you these URLs uh, for the show to keep you coming back to uh, Book Chat. Uh, of course, the first one is to Spreaker. And it is at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.spreaker.com forward slash user forward slash author Vivian Moore. You can follow me across all social media, which includes Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And also, you can check out my website that is at authorvivianemore.com or authorehshepherd.com. My blog is at https colon forward slash forward slash vivianemore.blogspot.com. And also, uh, if you missed today's live show, you can listen to the recorded episodes on Spreaker, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Giles Saban, iTunes, Audible.com, Verbal, Luminary, and Amazon. Those are just some of the places, but you can find the show anywhere, podcast or um, broadcast, all right? Um, so I hope that uh, that you guys continue to have a good week. Continue to be in prayer for those in Florida uh, with that devastation that's taking place, that has taken place there, and also for South and North Carolina, uh, the last targets of uh, of the uh, hurricane Ian. So, um, you know, September was a very violent, uh, came to a very violent end as far as storms are concerned. So, we want to be in prayer for those individuals that they get the help that they need. Um, you know, we pray that they will be able to rebuild their lives 
you know, I'm, you know, material things can be replaced, but lives can't. So, um, you know, we're just praying that the death toll, um, is very low, uh, and, um, and, and just that, um, you know, that, that to let these people know that, you know, even though you went through a traumatic experience, you know, things will get better. Just keep your head up. All right. Um, tomorrow is worship day. I hope you're excited about that as I am. Uh, it's the first Sunday. And so I hope that you are planning on going to worship service and inviting uh, family and friends to come and listen as well. Um, I hope that, uh, that you guys uh, continue to enjoy your weekend. The weather here has been beautiful. I love fall. This is my season. I love it. Uh, the cool, crisp mornings. And, um, and two, it helps on the electric bill. So <laughs> that's another reason why I love it so much. But anyway, um, be sure to tell those around you how you how you feel because tomorrow is not promised. Today may be the only chance you get to say that. So on that note, I love you. I hope you love me back. Until the next time you hear my voice, God bless you and goodbye. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.